Thank you. Thank you. Welcome to the Last Line Soccer Podcast, presented to you by Prime Focus Goalkeeping and the Beautiful Game Network. We want to take some time real quick to thank our sponsors for everything they do for us. Prime Focus Goalkeeping is a brand dedicated to bringing goalkeepers of all ages, top quality gloves and apparel, as well as educational goalkeeping content via our social media pages at Prime Focus GK and YouTube channel, the Prime Focus Goalkeeping channel, as well as plenty of interviews on our blog, which you can check out on our website at www.primefocusgoalkeeping.com. We also need to thank the Beautiful Game Network for giving us a platform to reach more soccer fans and talk with more great soccer minds. Check out the website, www.bgn.fm, for more great podcasts and written content. So without further ado, let's get this episode going. Today, we've got a special guest. Really excited to talk to him. A guy I've known for quite a few years now. Um, been in the professional game for a number of years on the playing and coaching side. So without further ado, I'll introduce introduce you guys to Gavin McInerney. Thanks for coming on the show, Gav. No, no, thanks for having me, Brian. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I always like talking goalkeeping with you, so this should be interesting. Uh, I love a good goalkeeping talk, so I, I figured we'd catch up a little bit and then talk a little bit about goalkeeping as well. Um, yeah. So, I mean, we've known each other for what, like six years now? Yeah, I mean, well, 2015 was the first year we worked together, but I mean, years before that, we would train a little bit uh, as I was kind of dwindling down on my career, uh, and you were going to break through in Rochester, but yeah, it's got to be about six, seven, eight years maybe by now. Yeah, I actually remember <clears throat> you were one of the big reasons why. I was able to stay in Rochester because I remember this was what right before the 2014 season. You actually helped me get prepared for that. Um, I was out of contract. Right, yeah. I was coming off surgery, and you helped me stay fit, do some training right before preseason. So that's always something I've always remembered about you. That's why right. I was really excited to work with you once you had signed on with the Rochester Rhinos to be the goalkeeper mm-hmm. coach because I knew what we had worked on before and the and the level you had before. So I was looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. And it's always it's also something I appreciate. You know, you, you going out of your way to help me stay fit and get ready for preseason. Yeah, no, look, I mean, I, it's always something I've been passionate about, as, you know, I'm sure we'll get into it. Um, any chance to, to work with a goalkeeper, uh, help out, you know, it's it's a community that there's probably not enough coaches, right? And there's a lot of goalkeepers out there that, you know, need some help and things of that. So for me to be able to work with someone who was at the pro level looking to break in, uh, it was exciting for me too. So uh, I was glad to help anyway, but then... As fate would have it, we ended up working together the following year and on a full-time basis, which, you know, was great. Exactly. So let's let's take it back a little bit. So mm-hmm. if the fans can't tell, you're Irish. You're from Ireland. So <laughs> let's let's talk a little bit about how you got over here to the States. Um, so what was it like over in Ireland growing up? I mean, I imagine you played all through your youth career um, through I don't know mm-hmm. high school and whatnot, and then you ended up coming over into America. But what what are some of the differences that you notice in terms of the Irish youth system as opposed to what you have over here in America? Yeah, so yeah, we'll go all the way back actually. So how long you got? So yeah, well, I'm back. I start playing in goal. She's probably like everyone else. It's quite chance sometimes, you know. Uh, obviously, wanted to be on the field, wanted to be a striker, right? Uh, like I think we all did at some stage. Um, but obviously went to goal uh, and start playing and start really enjoying it. Now, 
I've kind of been very, very fortunate um, with people that I've had in my life and coaches, um, but extremely fortunate that one of my best friends um, was a goalkeeper too. Um, and he was a little bit better than me. <laughs> he went on to play in England uh, with Aston Villa, Preston, uh, Brighton, um, and actually had full caps for the Irish national team. So he was, at his age group, he was the best goalkeeper in the country, and he was an age group ahead of me. Um, so I would obviously train with him a lot up until 16. Um, then he went over to England, signed with Aston Villa. Um, actually won an FAU Cup with those guys, and then broke into senior football. Um, but so he was at the national team all through the age levels, 21s, and then went on and has had like six or seven caps uh, for the Irish national team. So obviously at a very, very good level. Now here's where we are very fortunate is that his dad was actually a professional goalkeeper, Paddy Henderson. So Paddy had three, four sons, uh, David, Robert, Stephen, and Wayne, who was my age. Um, but all his brothers were all goalkeepers. Imagine that. Uh, David and Stephen were actually professionals as well. Um, so when me and Wayne were growing up, we had Paddy that would coach us, but we had David and Stephen that would come down. They were still playing professional. They were probably my age now, early 30s, and they were still playing professional. Uh, so we had that access at that age uh, of guys coaching us that were professionals. And Paddy had been a professional for many years, so... Um, Paddy's like the godfather of goalkeeping. He's known that he's known through Ireland. You know, he's developed a lot of goalkeepers. So on a normal day, we would train. But me and Wayne were actually friends as well. So I'd spend time at his home, and we'd watch games together. So we'd have these open dialogues with Paddy and David and Stephen, and it was unbelievable. When I look back at that, I'd say to have that access at that age, I really think it gave me a, a huge foundation for the understanding of the position. Um. And it really intrigued my thinking process, you know, because they just be a normal conversation that we have. So it was very unique, you know, uh, the position I was in, but it allowed me to develop, obviously, as a goalkeeper. But I think it put the, the foundation in place for me to become a coach then uh, years later, you know, with all that stuff. So for me, very, very fortunate. And, uh, you know, Wayne's actually an agent now over in England, uh, has some great, great players. Uh, so he's doing really well over there. We talk regularly as well. Um, but I kind of stuck to the goalkeeping then. Um, he went off to England at 16. Then my training kind of changed a little bit. But at that stage, I was playing with some pretty good clubs uh, in Ireland, underage. Um, and then I got to about 18, and I didn't really have the chance to go to, to England. Um, but then looked at the U.S. And a lot of guys were kind of heading over to play over here. And um, I looked into it and really liked it. And, you know, the, the opportunity to have your studies... Um, but then also continue to play at a very good level um, was something that intrigued. So I did like a, 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 like a gap year kind of um, with a school called Clash de Ida, which is an Irish school, and it prepared you for SATs, ACTs, things like that. So I was able to get you know some decent scores that I was that had some colleges looking at me, um, and then obviously came over, went to the University of Memphis, uh, played there, played a little bit after college. You know, I'll be honest, I was more or less a backup. You know, went to Ireland for a couple of years. I was number two um, with St. Patrick's Athletics and then Bray Wanderers. And, you know, I kind of had the opportunity to come back out here and, and combine playing a little bit, but then to really focus on coaching. And there's a lot of good coaching opportunities over here. Um, but I, 
also see there's a lot of super talented goalkeepers, you know, and I think me, I've always been attracted to the development side of things, like working with younger goalkeepers that have the ability and then just helping those, like I said to you to earlier, I, I love working with young goalkeepers and teaching them and, and showing uh, the progress, you know, uh, it's, it's, that, that for me is the, the passion which leads me to the positions I'm in now or where I have been, so... I've been very fortunate, but that's kind of the background of Ireland, and I believe that without that, I wouldn't be where I am right now. And so, I'm very, very fortunate. So, when you were making that decision to come over to the U.S. and and transition into the college system here, did you use that? I guess that family in terms you talk about, like Patty and his sons, who had the experience yep. at the professional level. Did you use them kind of as a sounding board to make that decision? Hey, should I stay yeah. in Ireland or try and go out in England, or mm-hmm. you know, kind of take the take the huge step to go over to the U.S. and transition mm-hmm. into a different type of system. Yeah, yeah, no, it was. Uh, you know, I talked to Patty about it. I actually remember when I came over on, a, like, a recruiting visit. We played in a tournament over here with this team, Crossed the Eden. Um, lots of us actually ended up in really good schools, and uh, we still could stay connected with that team. There's guys scattered all over America, so we've all had different paths in life, but uh, we stay connected with that. But, yeah, I, I spoke to Patty uh, talked to him about it and he actually told me it was a fantastic opportunity and you know to combine the studies with, with playing and um, as I said look I, I didn't have any opportunities to go pro at 18 you know so I had to look at different opportunities and and this this was one that kind of you know came out and when I came over and seen how serious the college game was because that was 2003 2004 when it came out just with the facilities and and the opportunity to travel around the country, but then combine that with your education, uh, it was very unique, and I was just drawn to it, like you know. And essentially, you, you know, college soccer back then, and even now, I mean, you're like a full-time pro for. The, I know the season is reduced, but you're getting paid in your education, but we're training every single day, and that's something I just didn't have in Ireland. So, so then we spoke to that. Actually, intriguingly, David Henderson actually used to play with Vancouver Whitecaps when he was 21, I believe. Imagine that. So. Uh, he was over here. He kind of gave me a little bit of his background on it. Um, and actually, the other goalkeeper on that team was Bruce Graveler. Imagine oh, that. Really? Just, that went on to play the Liverpool. Yeah, so he gave him a lot of stick. He, he tells us that the story goes, he came over and he was the Irish under-21 national team goalkeeper. Um, so he was expecting to start, you know. I think John Giles was the manager at the time. He was a former player at Leeds United, was an Irish national team player for many years. John Giles got the job at Vancouver and brought David over. Um, and he wasn't playing. So, the, you know, back home, there was no internet or anything like that back then, but you'd see the newspapers, and everyone's like, why are you on the bench? And he's like, well, the goalkeeper here is really good. And they're like, yeah, okay. Where is he from? He said, Zimbabwe. And they're like, come on, Zimbabwe don't have any good goalkeepers, you know? So, uh, but ended up being Bruce Gobbler, and obviously went on to Liverpool. So that was probably the early 80s before Bruce was playing at Liverpool. Uh, he ended up in Vancouver, and I actually think he still up there. I bumped into him. He used to coach Ottawa Fury. Um, and what a, what a goalkeeper he was, by the way. Jeez. Yeah, I mean, I remember in, I think it was 2015, we went up to play Ottawa uh, for a preseason friendly. And I remember just seeing the goalkeeper coach for Ottawa and kind of like, kind of recognized him, but not know exactly who he was. And then kind of introduced himself after the game. And I was kind of blown away, you know, being a Liverpool fan, knowing the name, but not having actually seen him play a lot. Um, yeah. It was it was an awesome experience. Yeah, just to, to randomly meet yeah. one of the best goalkeepers ever. Well, played, uh, my, but, my dad is, yeah, my dad's a big, big Liverpool fan. Uh, 
And, you know, uh, I remember growing up watching him. And he and Bruce was the unbelievable goalkeeper. Like, the Jay, he's just so athletic. And to win, I think he won three European championships. I mean, so big, big-time goalkeeper and uh, even bigger personality. But very, very funny guy. Yeah, I remember that trip, actually. I seen him, too, and I was kind of like, Starstruck as I like, say hello to him, but Donald. But then I ended up talking to him, and what what a person! Like really, really uh, personable. Like we're just you know phenomenal to be around that. And I think that's uh, that's part of the the beauty of the job that we have. We do get to interact with some people that had great playing careers, and you know I'm always a little bit of a, a fanboy, I guess. You know when I see those people, I'm afraid to talk to them at times. But for it is, it's brilliant, especially a goalkeeper like you said, uh, to be able to interact with him. So yeah, so that's. I got way off track there with those sorts. So, but I told you, how do you be, how do you be packed, you know? And I have all these, you know, people that I kind of interact with, and I've been very fortunate that, you know, that that's given me the foundation for coaching. But yeah, Paddy was a massive influence coming over here, and uh, again, ended up changing my life really, right? So when you made the decision to come over here, was was the like, ultimate goal to go professional, whether it's yeah, in the I U.S. So. or go somewhere else? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think, you know, I wanted to be a pro, and, you know, I, I knew I had the ability to do it, um, you know, and I was looking for all those opportunities. And I said, I mean, as a young kid growing up in Dublin, the, 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 the goal was always to get to England. You know, I mean, it's a lot of a lot of top players end up over there. So I didn't have the opportunity, and, and that was fine. So, I mean, for me, coming from America, I was like, right, over here, I gotta, I'll try and go pro here or back home. Um, so, obviously, finished up college. And then uh, end up coming back to Ireland, you know, because there's restrictions. And you know, to be honest, the 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 the, the level of goalkeeping over here is probably why I didn't. You know, there's some unbelievable goalkeepers over here in the country, and Nedge wasn't good enough to go pro over here in the game, so I went back home and um, ended up playing back there for a couple of years, and then obviously had the chance to come back out here. You know, I, I like the America, I like the opportunities here. Um, I think it's a great country. There's no glass ceilings, you know, the harder you work, the more opportunities you're going to get, you know, I think that's always been my mindset on the field, but also off it, you know, if you put the time and work in and you have the right mentality, you'll get opportunities, so here I am. <laughs> so when you got to Memphis, was the level a bit shocking or was it higher or lower than what you expected for the college system in, the, in America? Uh, much higher, much higher, like I was blown away by some of the players, uh, just really, really good level. Um, we had a couple of Irish guys in the team. And we had a pretty good team. And the, the first year there, we had two forwards. Uh, Dayton O'Brien, he was drafted, um, I believe, by Columbus Crew. And then Andy Metcalf, who was drafted by DC United. And both played in the MLS. But we had those two guys at top. And they were unbelievable. Like, you know, those guys would score goals for fun. But we had really good midfield. Daniel Dobson was drafted by Kansas City. Uh you know, we had a great artist center back. It was my roommate as well. He was the same year, Michael Coburn. I actually just seen him a couple of weeks ago when we were down in Tampa for preseason. Um, but what a center back he was. You know, he played for many years there. Then went back to Europe, played uh, with Dundalk, who was a very strong team, and Shelbourne. And then he obviously came back out to America. Um, but yeah, we had a great team. And so I was really, really surprised by the level. But then also the competition. You know, we had played against UAB, St. Louis. Um, some very good programs Tulsa um, we ended up going to nationals that year and got beat by Ohio State um, but we won conference USA we won the regular season and, and the conference tournament um, and then went on to the NCAAs um, and unfortunately lost in the first round to Ohio State but again just the level of competition you're up against and uh, the goalkeepers 
played against. I was like playing against different styles, you know. I mean, some of the guys could jump through a roof. They're so athletic. I never said nothing like it. Well, similar to you. I mean, yeah, it's so much athleticism when I was like, oh my God, how the hell am I going to play over here? <laughs> you have know, these, you know, these great athletes. So, like, but the one thing I would say, I would, I would see some goalkeepers and I'd say positionally sometimes they'd be out, they'd be off, you know, and then the other time would be also technically at times I'd say, geez, they just brushed up a little bit. But again, I was coming from a very, very high level of coaching with Paddy and David Steele and then seeing Wayne as well. Like Wayne was a phenomenal goalkeeper, so I was around that. So that, that was my kind of reference point to everything, you know. Um, and then that's what kind of got me torn. And when I seen the college game, I was like, you know, if you could actually coach over here, it'd be great. You know, you have a good life. You know, you work hard. And you get some opportunities. But then obviously, the more I spent over here, I started started coaching in the college game uh University of Buffalo was your first coaching job. Um, Dave Hesh, who's still, still a good friend of mine, I still talk to him a lot. Hesh, kind of gave me the opportunity to come on board, uh, which I don't know why he did, to be honest. Uh, I think he, he met me, I knew his good at Jim, and he brought me up to Buffalo, and I was coaching some huge stuff there. And I think Jim recommended me to those guys. But imagine that's Division One, and I think I was... At the time, maybe I was 23 or 24. I was young. I'd just come back over, you know. Um, I had the opportunity to go straight in with a pretty good Division One program and be the goalkeeper coach. And actually, one of the goalkeepers there was Bobby Shuttleworth. Ah, so I, okay. I was, yeah, so, right, so I had the opportunity to work with Bobby. He was a redshirt sophomore at the time. They had a redshirt senior who was actually very good too, Daniel Bell from Canada. Uh, and DB had all the records for the school, you know, and Bobby had come back. I think he went to Loyola, maybe, and uh, didn't play. Um, there was actually another goalkeeper at Loyola that was very good, Cossage. I think he played in Toronto for a few years. So Bobby came back to Buffalo and played a couple of games his redshirt freshman year, and then I came on board the sophomore year. But he ended up he ended up uh, getting the starting job that year. They kind of went back and forth at the start, and then you know Bobby ended up having a really good year. I think it was conference MVP in the, the tournament or something, the defensive MVP. And then obviously, look, he's gone on. He's had a great career as well. Um, we were only talking about it a couple of weeks ago. We kind of keep in touch in that. And he's up in Chicago now, but, you know, has, has over 200 games probably in MLS at this stage. But really good guy, work ethic again. You know, I knew he wanted it really bad. Um, so that was my kind of first foray into coaching. And, and again, um, you know, great reference point because to be able to see him grow and go on and do what he did, you know, gave me a really good reference point going forward with coaching as well. So. So we talked about it earlier. How we worked together in Rochester um, yeah. in 2015. We had met uh, obviously before that uh, a couple different times to train. But is so mm -hmm. is this Buffalo this Buffalo job how you got to upsta upstate New York and that's what really yes. spurred you on into yeah. that area? Yeah. So I had a chance to come to Buffalo just through some friends that I knew. There was like a youth club up there, um, which was able to kind of support my visa because that was a big big thing coming back over is, you know, you got to be able to have working papers uh, being in the U.S. and get your visa. So it's always a, a stumbling block with that. But I had the opportunity in Buffalo through a friend of mine who was working up there with a local club. So they kind of sponsored me. I coached the local club, which then obviously led me to, to be able to jump into college um, as a volunteer. But then I coached in the evenings then as well. Um, so it was great. It was a great position. Very fortunate to, to get that. And that kind of started me on the way coaching. And then Ended up in Rochester, and obviously was playing with the, the indoor team, Rochester Lancers, and I was coaching college there for a little bit. 
And then it was actually, I tried to get the job in 2014 when Bob first came back. Um, so I, I'm good friends with Mike Toshak. So Mike Toshak coached in the MLS over 10 years. He was in Houston, uh, Toronto, and then finished in Portland. Now he's coaching up in St. Lawrence. So Mike Toshak um, was introduced to me through summer camps. So again, I always go back to the people that have been very lucky to, to, to me. I was doing a camp in the summers, as you do as college coaches and youth coaches, you do your summer camps. And I had the opportunity to move to St. Lawrence for two weeks for residentials. And I'd been up there um, second summer, I think it was. And, you know, you make some great friends along the way, all the coaches and that. But the head coach there, uh, Bob DeRocher, who's now the athletic director, um, said, hey, you need to connect with Mike Kosha. Kosha used to be our goalkeeping coach. Um, and then he went on to the pro game. Well, Mike Koshak's first job in the pro game was with Bob Lilly. Imagine. <laughs> so so you can see all the, the weird connections that you end up having. Like, you know, so I connected with Mike Koshak and I talked to him and he knew I was in Rochester and he said to me, well, Bob Lilly just got the job. He's gone back there. I know Bob very well. Uh, I can give him a call for you. So I was like, yeah. And he's like, here's his number. So I, I must have called Bob about 10 times. He didn't answer. Because he's like, imagine, who's this Irish guy just randomly calling me? I don't know who this guy is. doesn't have a big playing background, right? So who the hell is this guy? So I called and called and called him. And eventually he answered. He's like, look, you know, I had a chance to bring Scott Vallow in. And Vallow was, you know, a fantastic goalkeeper. He was up there for years in Rochester. So Scott, Scott did it in 2014. And, and then I heard Scott had left. So as soon as I heard Scott had left, back on the phone to Bob. And I'm calling and calling and calling. I think at that stage, he probably just answered, you know, uh, to tell me to stop calling, you know. But he, as you do with Bob, you get on the phone, you start talking. Um, you talk and for we hours. Had a really good, yeah, for hours, for hours. I'm not far behind him. Um, and he was like, look, you know, I know you're really eager and you, you're looking for an opportunity. Uh, this is what I can do, you know. And I think at the time, he was talking to Billy Andraki, who had coached me in indoor. But Billy had younger kids, and I think his schedule was, was very tight, you know, and he couldn't quite do it. So I was very fortunate. I ended up coming in on board. Um, and as you know, those jobs are not full-time. But, you know, I had a full-time job that would allow me to be there in the mornings with you guys. And then I'd shoot off and then do a full day of work. And that's just what you got to do. you got to grind a little bit. you got to be able to, you know, balance stuff out. But uh, I have a very supportive wife that would allow me to travel. Uh, so I think I made every trip. Actually, no, I didn't. There was one trip, and I, I tell you, I just talked to Bob about this. Like, you know you know what game I missed, right? Because I was getting married in, in Dublin. I missed the game that you guys lost. So oh, the only game Charlotte, we lost yeah. is 15. I, 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 I keep telling him, I leave for one game, and we'll have an undefeated season, and you messed the whole thing up, you know? So, <laughs> there were... so, so I remember that game. There were so many things that were different about that game as opposed to like the <laughs> other 39 games we played that season. It was just like, you weren't there. Uh, maybe yep. our bus was different. Where we stand, There were just so many things that yeah, were we, different. Yeah, we, we had players out of position. I think Julian Ringoff had to play right back. Um, right. Oh, yeah, Anoa was out that game. Like There was just a, right. a, yeah. a full yeah. list of things, and it was just like that was the one game that just was out of whack. But the, yeah. the rest yeah. of the season was amazing. And I want to talk about that a little bit. So that's your yeah. first full season uh, in professional soccer coaching, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, that was the first season, yes. I was in 2015. I just turned 30, I think. So, yeah, again, very, very fortunate, but great opportunity uh, to come in. And what a year we had, huh? Yeah, I mean, so 
what is your mindset going into that? It's your first year, full year as a coach. You know, you've got yeah. a demanding head coach in Bob Lilly. Um, uh-huh. What what was your goals for this season in terms of your yeah. progress as a coach and in, in terms of our progress as goalkeepers? Yeah, no, look, it's obviously coming in, uh, meeting you guys. You know, we had, we had you, uh, Sean Murdoch, uh, who we brought in from Scotland, and then Adam Grimwith, uh, who we, we brought in, obviously, from Michigan. Um, what, what a group of goalkeepers, by the way, really, you see, yeah. if you think of those three. And so at the start coming in, um, my expectations were to come in and be fully prepared. You know, it's something I, I kind of pride myself on is, is really thinking things through and, and having, a, having a plan, having a direction you want to go in. Um, so once I come in and met you guys, you know, I wanted to make sure every single day that the sessions are going to be planned down to the minute and then depending on when Bob would need you guys, I was able to fill things in. So we weren't standing there kind of, you know, flicking our fingers, not doing anything. Everything was structured, you know. So that's the first thing I wanted to have. And then the other thing is to try and have relationships with you guys, you know, because being a goalkeeper, you know, Bob has probably the best coach in the country for how he wants his goalkeepers to play because he has right. a clear and precise plan of what he wants from you guys. So it actually makes it very pretty easy because regardless of what that is that he wants, um, it's clear, you know. So from that point of view, then I would look at building sessions out for you guys based off what he would require in games, you know. So I actually thought it was pretty easy. Um, yes, he's very demanding. <laughs> right? So I think as players, you guys know that. But then also trying to reiter- re- reiterate that message with you guys, I think that is a, a very important thing. Um, but then also be there to, to break that message down. Um, so I know sometimes it can be very demanding in training with you guys. Um, I actually think the 15 season is funny because uh, I remember for you it was, he was so demanding for you in your starting position. He wanted you higher, right? I think right. that was a big thing. And then for Adam, it was catching because Adam punched everything when he first came, remember? So yeah, that, was, that was kind of like the ongoing joke in training. Catch you, catch everything, you know? Um, but I mean, the improvements you guys made in those areas phenomenal you know so I think being that demanding he challenged you guys to be at a very good level and as I said I mean the group of goalkeepers was, was fantastic to have unfortunately Sean actually left halfway through the year um, but I think that's a testament to you guys of how good you guys were right here you know how both of you you know I think Adam played a huge role I always say that to him his attitude and application to train every day knowing that you had solidified the jersey as number one I think he was fantastic, and I think he played a big role in, in you having a good year, you know. And I think that's the importance of the goalkeeper group is to have that mentality every day. Yeah, I mean, I've I've talked to Adam about it, and I've I've talked to a, uh, a number of people about it on podcasts, interviews before. Like, I think Adam as a backup that year played the biggest role in our successes of a team, but my success mm-hmm. individually because I, you know we talk about our levels in training and the the expectation that Bob had, mm-hmm. but I, I remember never really going into a training session feeling comfortable. I mean, you, you know, you talk about how yeah. I solidified the number one Jersey, but it never really felt that way. And it wasn't because yeah. something you did or what Bob did. It was more so you see the other goalkeeper in training. And when he's playing at yeah. a high level every single day, every single rep that forces yeah. you to be better because you never want to be the, the second best goalkeeper in training because then, no, you know, you feel like the rest of your teammates are looking at you like, well, you're good, but the other guy should probably be playing. Right. So that's that <laughs> natural competition we have. Yeah. But at the same time, Adam was always like my first 
the the biggest cheerleader I had. He was always the one that was supporting me the most. And that's Mm -hmm. one of the biggest reasons why I felt like I was successful that year because we were competing at such a high level. But at the same time, he was the first one off the bench to congratulate me after a game. And like those are the little things that you talk about in the goalkeepers union, like it's necessary if you guys want to be successful. It's tough to be in an environment where you got three goalkeepers that are fighting for one spot and then you guys don't like each other. You guys don't communicate. Like it makes for an uncomfortable environment and it's yeah. hard to really grow individually if you're not growing as a group. Without a doubt. And I think that that's the energy of the group as well. It's, it's very important. And to be honest, that's some of the things I look for when I'm building out uh, a goalkeeper roster every year. You know, who is the person? And that, that, that's what I'll do a lot of my background on. Because I believe if you have a, a, a growth mindset, right, where you want to learn, you want to be better, you will be better. You know, if you're put in the right environment, you will develop. But to create that environment, you need good people. And you guys are great people. And I think you guys accepted me into the group as well, even though I hadn't got a massive playing background and I wasn't this fantastic all-star goalkeeper, you know, because, look, Scott Vallow was that guy the year before, you know, so I'm coming in after Scott. They had a great year. Uh, John McCarty was there in 14, had a fantastic season. So, there wasn't a little bit of that pressure, but I think I always had that confidence in myself. Like, I know what I'm doing. I'm confident in what I'm doing. And I believe the information I have and the resources that I had growing up, you know, with Wayne, with Paddy, David, Steve, and all those guys, and I knew I knew as much as anyone. I knew no one was going to help work me. And, and, you know, I'm able to create relationships, I think, with people. I'm, I'm honest, you know, and I think if I had all those things, I knew that I could build a connection with you guys, and uh, which we did very early, I believe. You know, I think straight out of the gate in preseason, you know, over at TSC, <laughs> snowing in Rochester, and it's probably April, still snowing in Rochester, <laughs> and <laughs> still indoors. But uh, we were able to pull some really good, and the intensity of the sessions were great. Um, and I think it just kind of snowballed from there, you know, and then the preseason performances are pretty good. We started the season in New York, I remember you say the penalty kick uh, was nail nail down there. We had a great game, and then from there, I think we went. Let me see how memory is now. So we went down there. I think we played another away game, maybe. I can't remember how to spell it, maybe. But then, actually, the hardest thing, this is the first challenge for me. The hardest thing was we had started the season great. I think we were 2 or 1 0 1. We won one and drew one. Um, I think you had two clean sheets, right? Had the season goal, and then we had an away trip down to St. Louis and Louisville, and we had to leave, we left you at home. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> I remember that. That's a hard conversation, but it was it was an unbelievable one because I remember talking to Bob about it, and I was against it. I was like, God, oh, we can't have some You know, he's playing well right now. He has good rim. He's like, no, the other guys are training well. We need to see these guys in a game. And this is what I love about Bob, is that he will always find games for his number two and his number three if they're doing well in training. He's a one coach that will back it up and say, if you're doing well, I'm going to get a game for you. You know, so for me, it's easy to give that message to you guys. Um, hey, keep working hard because then I can fight. I can get a game for you guys. Train hard, train well. We'll get a game for you. So even though we started the season without conceding the goal, undefeated, looking good, squad is good, he decides to change the goalkeeper. And I think that that bravery from him is is why he has so much success. You know, uh, and it's phenomenal. So we had that conversation with you, and I was like, I didn't know how you'd react to be honest. You know, and I think. You being the professional that you are, uh, had a great reaction to it. We we already told you we were going to get the home game, the home opener, and and we went down to St. Louis and Louisville and left you at home. So <laughs> how about that? How many coaches would have done that? You know. So, um, 
we went down there. Adam played against Louisville. We actually did fantastic, to be honest. Uh, had a great game. We drew 1-1. And knowing what we know now about Louisville, that performance looks even better, you know, because it was yeah. such a good team that year. For sure. Um, and, then, and then Sean played against St. Louis. And we won 1-0. I think Colin Gold scored late. And so we came back, you know, still undefeated. Uh, four or five games in, and then went to the home opener, which I actually think you came off injured, right? Halfway through against Red Bull. Yeah. Uh, I think your hamstring, right? So, yeah. luckily enough, it was nothing serious. I think it was the right thing in the end to take the L because it gave you time to, to not make it any worse and uh, go back out for the next game. But again, so Adam got thrown in halfway through that game, and again, did fantastic. And I think after that, then we knew our, we have legit goalkeepers here. And we continue to work hard. And I think you guys bought into what I was I was trying to do. And it kind of went from there. So that's how it kind of kicked off. Yeah, and I think the, the biggest thing for me from that year was just mm-hmm. how important you were in the the in-between bet- between Bob and the goalkeepers. Yeah. Because, you know, as you said, Bob's very demanding. And he's yeah. going to he's going to be honest. And that's one thing that I really attribute to my growth that year was like, even if I'm playing well, he was still demanding more. But sometimes the message can get a little lost with, with how it's delivered. Um, That's just the way Bob is. And I think you were integral in taking that message that he's giving us and kind of breaking it down into Mm -hmm. a way that is a bit easier for us to understand in a way that we can digest it to help us grow yeah. as opposed to just taking it as an aggressive, you know, yeah. shot at our game or whatever. And so I yeah. thought that was the biggest thing uh, in terms of you being a goalkeeper coach and, and helping our growth. That was the biggest thing for us that that really was a positive from that year. Yeah, no, it's good. And it's something I, I try and do a lot over. I think you need to have a clear message on what you're doing. You have to fight for your goalkeepers, you know, in the meetings, which is difficult. We're <laughs> bothered, you know, but, you know, for me, it allowed me to grow them in. What, what better guy to work under for your first couple of years? Um, the amount I learned, and, and that, again, gave me the foundation to go on to these other positions that I, I've been in. So. so we talk about the other positions that you've been in, and you talked about how you, you kind of your, your playbook for how you uh, build out a goalkeeping core. Um, yeah. for the various teams that you've worked with. So is there, you've been in an MLS Academy structure, you've been in like a MLS 2 team, you've worked in those yeah. MLS environments. Is it different building a goalkeeping core there as opposed to an independent team like when you were in Pittsburgh or when you were in Rochester? Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, obviously, you know, I did the two years in Rochester where the priority is we, we were trying to win, you know, uh, for the ownership, for the organization, for the city, for everything we're trying to win. That's the bottom line, you know. So then you come in, I had an opportunity to move down to Kansas City. And I went in with Sporting KC, and, and part of my role was to continue coaching the USL, but then also to oversee uh, the academy. And so the, the goalkeeping coach down there, the first team, Alec Dufty, who is a very good friend of mine now, uh, gave me the opportunity to come in there. And we didn't know each other, you know. Alec actually coached in Toronto. Uh, the year before, so we had coached against each other, and we had some passing conversations, and it's probably something I need to do a bit better on game day. I tend to be so focused on what I'm doing, I don't interact enough with the goalkeeping coach. And I find that it's always difficult afterwards, because one of us has lost, and one of us has won. No, it doesn't really work like that, you know, so before games, I'm getting a bit better with it. I'm trying to interact a little bit, because there's so much to be gained um, by interacting with other goalkeeping coaches, you know, because 
there's so many different opinions. So I think the more we share, the more we interact with each other, the more uh, the goalkeepers can grow nationally, which is what we should all be able to do to present or create national team goalkeepers for the U.S., you know, so that has to be the big goal. So, yeah, so I came down to Kansas City. Alec had been in my job previous, the, the season previous with Swole Park. They went to the final, um, and then he had a, a great opportunity to move into the first team, um, which opened up the role for me to come in, and I was very intrigued by it because to be around one of the best organizations in the country and to work with that coaching staff that's been there a long, long time with Peter, Terry Z, you know, Brian Bliss is down there, who's also from Rochester, and just interacting with all those people allowed me to grow so, so much. Um, but then me and Alex, you know, when we met and I went down for my interview, we had some unbelievable conversations uh, about goalkeeping, and I knew straight away, right, this is where I want to be. And ultimately, our game plan going in there was to create an environment that's going to develop elite-level goalkeepers for the pro game and also the international. And so we kind of put it in, in you now. Firstly, you need a club that has that vision uh, and is going to support you, um, which Kansas City did. Um, and then we went away. So we started looking at some goalkeepers, and, and part of my role was to, to try and scout and identify um, goalkeepers that can come through our pathway. Uh, so I watching a lot of these games. That was my first time working in an MLS academy. First time working in an MLS environment, um, but again had some some great connections with the people down there. Tim Millia, who actually was playing for Rochester, believe it or not. So uh, again, you have those. Tim played in Rochester. Yeah, Tim Millia played in Rochester. When was the Rhinos. I don't I don't remember that. So it was 2000. It was his first year as pro, and he was Scott Fellow's backup. You know, so he he came in and he only played maybe ten games total in the two years. It was maybe. 2008 and 2009 because it was right before Bob came and, and Tim was out of contract and then had a chance to go to Salt Lake and be a number three there and then I mean what a person what a goalkeeper by the way like you know but again the, his past shows that the perseverance you need to be a goalkeeper to be a high level goalkeeper because he didn't have it easy Tim you know uh, he's worked extremely hard and now one of the top goalkeepers in the MLS in my opinion the last three four years easy you know so um, yeah, so obviously met, met those guys down there, interact with those guys, um, and then we start building else. We start scouting some guys, and actually the first goal, this is the funny story, the first goalkeeper I scouted um, was from SoCal, uh, John Polkamp. Okay. Who's there, who's there now. Yeah. Um, but he rejected me, you know, <laughs> at the start. So I chased, I chased him hard, but he, you know, he's a young kid, he's 15, he's out there, there's a ton of MLS teams out there. And ended up going to Galaxy uh, and did fantastic at Galaxy. And, and we would see each other at tournaments. We'd stay in touch. Um, but he decided to go to Galaxy, which, which obviously is fine. It's, it's his choice to go anywhere. Uh, and he did great there with those guys. Um, and then had a chance to go to Bournemouth and was over at Bournemouth for, I don't know, seven, eight months or whatever like that. Um, and just by, by faith or by chance had it, you know, we, we kept in touch. Um, and he reached out to me when he left Bournemouth. He couldn't get his passport to sign over there, and they those guys wanted to sign him. So we brought him in last year, which was, what, 2019, January. He came back from Bournemouth, so we brought him in, and he was fantastic straight out of the gate. Um, and then we managed to sign him there. Um, and then he just signed the first team, I think, maybe a couple of weeks ago. So, yeah, I saw that. Um, he's only 18, though. Again, a goalkeeper with unbelievable promise. But he was actually the first goalkeeper we tried to recruit uh, from outside uh, the state, you know. And so we, I wouldn't, I don't want to use the word aggressive, but 
you know, we, we tried to expand our horizons with our scout. Uh, I felt, and I still feel, not enough people give goalkeepers opportunities to, to really grow. Um, and we wanted to bring the best ones we could bring in. So uh, after John, we got a goalkeeper. So we ended up getting John in the end, which is funny, you know, like I said. But he's um, nearly two years trying to trying to recruit him and scout him. But then obviously, even when he chose to go somewhere else, we would still keep him on our radar. We'd keep looking at him, keep watching um, and that was part of kind of the, the goalkeeping department that we built out there. It was a, a big skeleton network. So um, after that, then the three, we got Brooks Thompson. Uh, I think he came in in August. Uh, Brooks came as soon as we seen him. He came in on trial as soon as we seen him in training. We were like, right, that's the kid we need to have. He has all the attributes. And unfortunately, he was injured in combat last year um, with Kansas, but his back now looks great. But again, he's only 17. Fantastic goalkeeper. They have another one down there, Max Trejo, who was playing some USL games. And then we've got Gavin Konecki out of California, who was 2003. So they're getting younger now. Uh, but Gavin was with the national team at that age. Really, really good goalkeeper. He's like a little mini clone of him. You know, he's so quick, so powerful. Unbelievable crosses. Um, and the, all the guys are great at building out, you know. And so they got a lot of goalkeepers coming through there, and it's good to see. I think Brooks is a signed professional now. Um, 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 Max has made his pro debut, played some games, uh, and I think Gavin's not too far off. You know, uh, he's what 16, soon to be 17, so he'd be breaking through. So, so yeah, that's what he did there, and then um, it's, it's, it was definitely different challenges to what I had in Rochester, but it was very rewarding. I was down there for three years, so a lot of good friends down there, really good club. Um, I'm pardon the poem, but I think they're in safe hands right now with the goalkeeper. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's the one thing I love um, about the way that the U.S. soccer system has developed over the past five, six, seven years. Is just you mm-hmm. see a lot, especially with these MLS two teams, giving a lot of younger goalkeepers opportunity to prove themselves, yeah. and yeah. a lot of them are performing well, which I love to see around the league, especially in the USL, and yeah. and hopefully that's going to spur on to the MLS. But you see a lot of the younger goalkeepers at 16 at 17 at 18 getting professional debuts and performing at a high level um against guys you know 10 15 years or older which is yeah. it, it, it's extraordinary for me it, it blows my mind that now these kids at at the age that i would have loved to gotten that opportunity are, are in pro environments and training at a high yeah. level every single day like i think that's yeah. a huge huge growth spot in uh, U.S. soccer, and hopefully that continues to develop. Without a doubt. Yeah, and it's not very, like you said, it's not very good integration, right? Like the the ability for us <clears throat> to bring John or Brooks or even here, uh, you bring in some guys, you push them up into the first team environment just to train. Well, yeah, the first time they're going to be nervous, of course. The balls are going to be flying, you know? You know, you're coming up against you know, Johnny Russell or Espinosa, and they're zipping balls. The guy's like, what happened? <laughs> like, yeah, he's speaking their post, man, pretty quickly, you know. But you put them in that environment a lot, you let them grow, you let them fail. This, this, this is the key. You, you, they're going to they're gonna fail a little bit, but you don't shut the door on them. You give them another chance. You bring them in. You, and all of a sudden, they start to get comfortable. And all of a sudden, guess what? They don't fail. And all of a sudden, they develop and they get better and they grow in confidence. And, this is what you have to do as a coach. You got to be able to give those goalkeepers confidence and opportunities, and, and give them belief. You know, but the, the key is both believing in the goalkeeper too. You know, that that's a big part of it. You know, because there will be doubt at some stage. There will be bad games. There will be bad mistakes. And what do you do? Do you drop a kid and scream at him and shout? No, you break it down. Why did it happen? How did it happen? 
what happens. Well, you think, you know, and you analyze it, uh, and you do some video, and you try and replicate what happened in training, and you, you allow them to, to, to grow through those moments, you know, and I think that's what we try and do in the B-team settings, is that you put them out there to grow with the bigger picture that you might lose some games short term, but the benefit is, is that when you start producing guys for the first teams, you're Gianluca Buccio's, your Tyler Freeman's, Felipe Hernandez, John Postcamp, this is the benefit. You know, putting them in those environments where it's very, very challenging, very hard, and you let them grow. You know, and let I me mean, look, this past year, Monarchs won it, and guess what? They had an 18-year-old goalkeeper who was fantastic. You know, David Ochoa, great goalkeeper. You know, and I think when you have all those pieces and you allow to put them in, you know, you look at, <clears throat> you have David Ochoa, who's a pro in MLS, 18 you have John Postamp, who's a pro. He's 18. And he's in senior football. This is the key, senior football. Sometimes you can go to Europe and you get caught up in the 19s and 23s. Oh, yeah, we're in Europe. But guess what? It's 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 not senior football, you know. And now they're in senior football. They're at the pro level. And they're going to be able to grow and develop even quicker. And I think, for me, I think goalkeeping is, is, is really, really growing over here. And there's a lot of good guys coming back out. I do think there was a little bit of a lull for a couple of years, and I don't attribute that to having bad goalkeepers. I would attribute that to maybe uneducated coaches, um, and that's 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 a big topic around here too. You know, there's, there's no coaching licenses. There's no how how do we grow? How do how do the goalkeeping community grow without direction, without education? You know, uh, you look at these other countries that are developing goalkeepers after goalkeepers after goalkeepers. Um, England, prime example. So many good young goalkeepers coming through. Well, guess what? They have goalkeeping education over there that's very detailed that's very good and um, over here I think we're a little bit behind with that I think that's something that needs to change you know someone needs to grab it and run with it and, and grow because there's a lot of good goalkeeping minds over here and um, you know and I'm fortunate enough that I worked for three years with Alex who thinks very similar to me and we we would grow and we would talk things out all the time all we do is talk goalkeeping and 80% of our conversations wouldn't even be about the first-team goalkeepers in Kansas. <laughs> we were talking about the kids, how to get these guys better, you know, and that's when we start bringing out, down there we designed some uh, IDPs, individual development plans for all our goalkeepers, and, you know, for these living, breathing documents, you know, uh, you know, PowerPoints that we will go through with the goalkeepers, and, you know, weekly, bi-weekly, monthly, and we've absolutely get better. So the idea of these IDPs is you bring up some strengths that they're good at, and we continue to make them better at that, but then we'd also identify a couple of weaknesses in their games where we want to see improvements. So, for example, uh, can we improve left foot distribution? You know, and it'd be something that basic, and we just work on that for a six-week block, uh, and we do a little exercise the goalkeepers can do on their own, and then we would try and incorporate some exercises that we would do, and it'd either be before or after training, and we'll do this for every single goalkeeper in the academy, and they'd all be different, all the IDPs be different, and we'll be trying to improve them individually. <clears throat> outside of the team training, uh, and we've seen great success with that, you know, and uh, that's something obviously we're doing here now as well. So, Yeah, I think that's the goal, or my dream would be for that to, to be basically implemented across, you know, every professional team uh, in order to help the younger kids develop at a, a faster pace. IDPs are huge. Uh, I've started learning about those in the past couple of years. I've got a friend that does yeah. a lot of that stuff um, down in South Carolina with individual players. Um, yeah. And I think that those can be so useful for a team in a group setting to to understand individually how you can improve to ultimately help the team improve. Um, yeah. So I love I love that I love what I love everything you're saying. Uh, I 
this has been amazing, Gav. I really appreciate you coming on and yeah. sharing your wisdom, sharing your knowledge. We could talk all day about goalkeeping. Uh, <laughs> there's so yeah, many different topics. Um, yeah. But just in this short time, everything that you shared with our listeners, I think it's it's hugely valuable. And hopefully uh, the, the people listening, the young players, the parents, uh, the ones trying wow. to make the decisions about whether I go into an MLS academy, whether I go pro at 18 or I go into the college system, even hopefully listeners overseas understanding the, the jump it, that it takes to go from uh, yeah. overseas to the college system or American soccer. Hopefully mm -hmm. they can take bits and pieces from what you said and apply it to their decision-making process as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and, and like I said, I've been, I've been fortunate along the way too. Like I said, even the position I'm in now with the Philadelphia Union and, uh, you know, I get to have these interactions daily with, with Phil Wedden who has unbelievable experience and was one of the biggest reasons I came here was to work with him and, and the ideas that he has. But, Again, we're, we're we're pushing these young guys through, and uh, you know we have Mafries here now, who's with the twenty threes, and he's a fantastic young goalkeeper. But obviously, you know, you get to work with Blake every day. You get to work with Joe Bendick, two extremely experienced goalkeepers, and uh, you know, I'm very fortunate to be in these positions. And uh, you know, our goal is to, to to continue the development here with goalkeepers, but also to push more guys through as well. So uh, excited to be in this position and. You know, again, we'll, we'll see each other soon, I'm sure. Right? You guys are going to play against us. Hopefully, this league will start back up again soon. And um, But the main thing is the health and safety of all the players and staff uh, and, and just everyone around the country. So. Definitely. I'm definitely looking forward to catching up, uh, sitting down, yeah. grabbing a drink, and talking some more goalkeeping with you in the future. But, hey, yeah. I appreciate you coming on the podcast, Gav. Uh, it was Anytime. a great, great conversation. I'm really looking forward to uh, the listeners getting their ears on this one. Um, yeah. So I don't want to keep you any longer. Uh, like I said, thank you for coming on. And uh, we look forward to catching me. up with you again in, this, in the future. You too, Brandon. Thanks again. All right. And uh, look forward to talking again soon. All right, guys. Take care. See you, everybody. You too. Bye-bye. And that's another episode of the Last Line Soccer Podcast in the books. Once again, we want to thank all of our listeners for tuning in. We appreciate your support. As always, if you have any feedback for us, positive or negative, head over to the Prime Focus Goalkeeping Facebook page to drop us a message. We also want to thank one of our sponsors, Roughneck Scarves, for all the work that they do. If you're in need of great custom scarves for teams or supporters groups, head over to roughneckscarves.com to see what they have to offer. As always, take care and stay tuned for the next Last Line Soccer Podcast episode.